I broke everything. I'm a vampire. Kill me. Kill me. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. Am I getting through to you? Over! about Nicolas Cage's cult classic, Vampire's Kiss. I'm Matt. And I'm Cassidy. And we are the earliest Pitts. bird. Yes, he very <laughs> much is the earliest bird. Very much like Peter Lowell going to ask people to kill him or whatever. Yeah. I... I felt very similar to how he does in that scene after the club where he's like walking down the street and then he walks into the sunlight and he's like, uh, no, just kill me. Yeah. I like felt like that when I woke up. <laughs> yeah. You took the, the hardest route here on this day. Uh, yeah. My watch kept me up until one in the morning, man. I started at, uh, I think I started at 10. Yeah. And then it took me into one in the morning. You really turned this movie from like a fun flick into like one of those like very, you know, play <laughs> kind of criterion like six hour movies. That's just like, yeah, it's really deep. <laughs> you probably wouldn't get it. Okay. So, yeah, it was really crazy. I, so my watch was, I, I, I don't know how your watch was, but mine was really long. Because I slowed it down to make up for the fact that I sped it way the hell up, like, two watches ago. Yeah. Um, and at first I thought, I did the I did some math in my head and I did it so wrong. I was like, okay, so I sped it up to two times speed. That's, that cut the movie duration in half. Right. Surely if I, I slow it down to a quarter speed, that will double the movie duration. Right. And I was so wrong, because that actually quadruples it and makes it six hours long. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up just watching it at half speed last night, mm. which made it three hours long. Yeah. We'll do the quarter um, speed run down the road. Yes. Yes. Because I actually liked... I only watched about ten minutes of the the quarter speed one yeah. at first, which amounts to about five minutes of the film. Um, Wouldn't it be like two and, and a half I, minutes in the film? Uh, yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> Peter Lowe and um, Jackie were like just outside their house, yeah. like talking about the thing from uh, yeah. the Fantastic Fan- Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's when I decide. That's when I realized that my math was wrong, and I was like, "Oh shit! I need to, I needed to change something now." Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I changed it to half speed, and I'll be real. I did not enjoy half speed nearly as much as I enjoyed quarter speed. Because they all um, sounded like drunk and stuff on quarter speed, right? Not even like quarter speed. The 
audio was so stretched out that it became like really choppy. Yeah. And it sounded very like industrial electronic. That's awesome. It it sounded scary oh, because yeah. like you're right with 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 half speed it was just like um you know slower people sounded more drunk yeah um people sounded more distressed but at quarter um, speed it was like it was a transformed experience it was it transforms the audio landscape so completely that honestly if you just had like those like uh i forget what they were called those like visuals like making like back in the like early like 90s 2000s uh, when like early computers would just like make visuals alongside of like um like music do you know what i'm talking about were you never hypnotized by one of those as a kid i'm not sure if i have uh okay i don't remember what that's called it's but okay. it, like you could you could literally just have like shapes and colors just like sort of meld melting together and then oh, yeah, have yeah, yeah. the soundscape right. of like vampires piss at quarter speed just playing and i think it would you would still be able to do it because yeah. it transforms the soundscape so much do you call that like visualizer? it's insane yes i think it was called a visualizer actually yeah well, I had, um, and don't be mad, but I had a much more pleasant watch than you because I was like, oh, well, if you're going to do half speed, I'll do double speed. So you get like, <laughs> so you got like the, you know, like the sludgy industrial remix and I got like the hyper pop mm-hmm. remix, you know? <laughs> I'm a big fan of the hyper pop remix. Yeah. I, I think it's my favorite way to watch the film. Yeah, I think it, like, really lends itself to that. I, I was on double mm-hmm. speed. I think, like, probably one and a half would be the way to go. But yeah, it really accentuates all the chases and stuff and makes everything yes. more aggressive. The, the to- every time he, like, skitters, yeah. it, like, he really skitters. It's he crazy. Does. The part where, like, he's chasing Alva and he, like, slams into the water fountain, like, that was just mm-hmm. so much harder and it was really fun. It was very, uh, it was giving Buster Keaton energy. Oh, yeah, it looked like a, like a black and white film from I think, like yeah. the 20s. Okay. I think that Nicolas Cage would do wonderful in the silent film era. I think he would really prosper. And I feel like low-key, like mm-hmm. he thinks like, oh, maybe I should have been at some points. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but they wouldn't understand him back then. They'd be like, "You're too wild, Nicholas," and he's just like, <laughs> "You won't understand me." They won't understand me until like the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he uh, born in the wrong generation or whatever. Absolutely. Um, that yeah. Um, my my watch, I do, I'll I'll be real. The half speed watch does not hit. It <laughs> was not good mm-hmm. um i don't even think i starred anything as my um uh as my like stand up moment mm-hmm. um oh oh 
the horrible the birds are outside. Moment, that like dragged on the worst. Um, because I know uh, you've been you know it, the last scene's been trying your patience with like the back and it, forth. <laughs> and you know what? It was tried so much harder in <laughs> half speed, dude. That scene becomes twenty minutes long That's at so the funny. end. The, yeah, I think that literally was the worst moment for me because like. I had already sat through three hours of movie and I looked like literally because I had a stopwatch going too because I was like, I I wonder how long this movie becomes when you double the length. Yeah. So I I uh, started the stopwatch and when 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 it got to the point where Peter Lowe like ran into the wall and started having his like therapist hallucination, I looked over at the stopwatch and it was at the exact three hour mark, roughly. And I was like, oh, fuck me. Okay. And then I like watched the whole scene and I was just like, this is so long. Fuck me. How long is this? And I look over and it was like 18 minutes had passed. And I'm like, Jesus, this is such a long scene. It was probably the low point of my watch. I see. Well, as I am a big fan of that scene, I might have enjoyed it mm-hmm. even more that there was more to enjoy i i will say i really loved the hyper pop version of that scene because yeah. uh dr glazer's uh, her movements are strange mm-hmm. when they're fast it's true all the movements are strange i think yeah. i think some of the what peter's isms like when sped up like you lose a lot of the nuance and he just becomes like an angry person but like other times mm-hmm. it's just really fucking like yeah. the alphabet scene is just really intense and just going through it. I will say I did also like the alphabet scene in slow motion. That w- that was kind of fun. It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. How did he? Say um. Uh, insane. Like even more crazy than he does in like normal speed. Yeah. It was. It's just really drawn out, and so it's just like. You really hear every letter until he gets to Elemento. Yeah. Because he just kind of slurs right through that one. Of course. Don't we? Um, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, no, the alphabet scene's kind of great in slow motion. I Really, the whole time that I was watching this, I was thinking, damn, I wish I had, like, three more hours to spare and, like maybe some drugs or something because I feel like this scene would every scene I watched, I feel I was like, this is, this would be so insane in quarter speed because literally the, I got as far as, um, Jackie and, uh, Peter, like being right outside his brownstone. Yeah. Brownstone, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they it was like so unnerving and like every scene was so crazy in like like alien sounding i was like so fascinated by it but then i realized it would take me six hours to watch so i like had to i had to change it listen i think the six hour quarter speed watch is the watch that we do the the clockwork orange eyes like spread open <laughs> mescaline run. I love this 
I <laughs> just really scary stuff, you know. That's like it's literally legitimately scary. Let's have ego death, is what I'm saying. How do you do best life for that? I I, I just need to like take. I just need to take one bong rip, and then I'll be like, I'll I'll have experienced ego death within fifteen minutes. I think I'll definitely do shrooms at some point watching this. I'm very excited to hear about that. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, I do think, though, if we end up doing the six-hour marathon, I'm not yeah. going to be sober for that. There's no way Absolutely I can be. Not. I don't think anyone would expect you to. I think we could do that like around the late watches in the 40s. Yeah. I I don't want to subject yourself to like another uh, slow-run, long-play kind of deal. Oh, no. So soon. Yeah. For the for the, for the next couple watches, it's gonna be a very normal duration for me. Yeah, um, I cannot I cannot do three hours again. It was it was so bad. I think the I I was looking at my notes just now. I think the only part that stood out to me as a really good part was I finally remembered something that a certain moment reminded me of. Yeah, what's like that? these past a. These past eleven watches, you know that scene like right before, um, right before he like uh, chases Alva the second time, where he's like, he he's he, he like, uh, no no no, it's the one where he um, into the bathroom. He yeah, he was in the bathroom and he does his gay little run back into his office. Yeah. Um, and he like closes the windows and he like crouches in the corner and he's like rubbing his head um and he he says like he's like this can't be this is impossible this can't be it's impossible this can't be and he like he like says it that way and for whatever reason that like tickled like the back of my mind and it was like reminding me of something I'd watched but I couldn't remember what it was and I couldn't remember what was being said and for whatever reason, it being played at half speed reminded me that it was from, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, I was upset by my cat eating my peas and corn. Yes, um, it unlocked a very dark memory. <laughs> You'll have to meet your own Dr. Glazer now, unfortunately. This was like a little unfortunately. too wild to watch. <laughs> it, was too, it was too painfully real. Yeah. Your mind is too um, open now. Your brain is starting to fall out. Yeah, which is why we have to save six hour watch because I'm gonna my third eye will literally open at the end of that one. Yeah, we'll have like telepathy. Yeah. We'll have uh fucked up powers. Yeah, we'll become um, actual vampires. Dude, I hope so. I hope pretty. one That'd of be... these yeah. I I'm just holding out hope that one of these watches gives us powers. Absolutely. I'd like, I'd settle for like his like slight glamour, you know, that he has. Like, mm -hmm. just help at job interviews and stuff. Mm hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Get um, out of a rough situation and just be like, oh, the mescaline, am I right? And they'll be like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and be like, <laughs> it works every time. <laughs> um, I like definitely would not yeah. be able to handle psychedelics in high school at all. Me neither. I. I uh, I think I was too anxious that my parents would find out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now I'm just too um, deranged. Yeah. I'm like getting just enough, like, like I'm still deranged, but like I'm getting like <laughs> stable enough in my derangedness that mm-hmm. I think I can handle it. Hell yeah, dude. You'll love to hear it. Yeah. Um, Peter Lowe's yeah. only had bad trips, I feel. I, there's no way he could actually do psychedelics, dude. He would, yeah. he would, I feel like he would, uh, he would perish simply. Do you know that one, uh, the, Carsey Headrest song where like the guy's like, he, he's talking about taking acid. He's like, I did not transcend. I just felt like a giant walking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was probably. <laughs> yeah. This movie would be like 10 minutes long if he started it by a, taking acid he would just immediately go right to this vampire shit oh yeah he'd just immediately be like where am i yeah and then he'd he'd go and like bite someone in a club <laughs> yeah well you know um, who hasn't i mean he went a little far but who hasn't yeah who hasn't bit someone in the club before mm-hmm. knitting factory please unban me i promise i won't do it again <laughs> Dude, I miss the knitting factory. I like I've walked <sighs> past there a couple times, but I haven't gone in forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those it's emo a very, very fun. Ah, emo nights were fun, dude. I I only I've only really been in the knitting factory like a handful of times, and the the acts that I saw there were pretty insane. Yeah, it's a it's a good venue. I feel like it's been around for a while. Like, I remember, like, reading... Yeah. Like, maybe it was, like, Fugazi or something. Just, like, old bands and, like, seeing that they were at the Knitting Factory. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that it was that much of, like, a New York staple. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's been around a long time. Um, the, The two acts I saw there, I don't think... I think couldn't be any more different. Uh then uh, they were just like really insane i saw tj miller do stand up there oh which was weird yeah because there's not like chairs there right there's just standing room so you just we were just all standing around watching tj miller do his bad stand up and yeah, did you shoot water bottles into it huh did you mosh at all uh honestly that that crowd got closer to moshing than the the one that i than my first time at the knitting factory which was was weird that was a band called goblin cock okay um you would think i'm sure you've heard of them yeah of course me and them go way back but (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude okay so for those who don't know what Goblin Cock is, Goblin Idiots. Cock is a fantasy. Sorry. Yeah, fucking all of you fucking plebeians who don't all know you, about gob, Goblin Cock. All of you don't know shit about anything besides <laughs> Vampire's Kiss because we've taught you. Yeah. Um, since we got to teach you everything, Goblin <laughs> Cock is about it's it's like this fantasy metal band. Is it like what? where? Uh, not quite, because they don't. There's not as many fluids involved, okay. um, and they're not as vulgar. Honestly, they're kind of like a stoner metal band a little bit, but they're a little more. Um, uh, 
uh, energetic. Yeah. And, you know, it's just very fun music. Um, and they, when they perform, they're, they, they like wear black robes that obscure their faces. Nice. So, it, you know, they put on quite a fun show. And when I went there, it was my first time going to the Knitting Factory. It was my first time seeing this band live. Um, and I went there with some friends. Like, this is freshman year of college. It was like second week at college. Um, we were like super excited because it's a band called Goblin Cock. It's gonna be f- crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and they put on a great show, but it was a weird vibe because like me and my room, they like started playing this really like fast, intense song, and me and my roommate at the time were like, "Holy shit, we know this song. Let's let's start a mosh pit. This is gonna be great." And we like started like, you know, pushing each other around and like getting excited. Mm-hmm. And people, like, got mad at us. Damn, that's super lame. <laughs> they got mad at us, and, like, we, like, stopped, and we were just like, what the fuck, man? And, like, it was weird. The entire show, people were just kind of, like, placidly standing around holding their drinks. And I'm like, bro, guys, do you not realize what's happening on stage? There's some dudes called Goblin Cock up there playing their hearts out. What are you doing? Why aren't you dancing? It's terrible. I feel like weird. I can't really speak. I'm speaking out of my ass because I've only seen concerts in New York, I think. But I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people say that when they come to New York, the crowds are kind of shitty. And I feel like it's because we kind of get everything. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like we're we're too cool to get super excited versus like if you're like in a smaller (laughs) town, like the band coming in is like the thing and like you have less to do. It's a bit more exciting and you're more into it. But, Dude, yeah. I don't know. New York crowds seem kind of lame sometimes. My, like, how can you at my mosh- hometown... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. i just like, how can you not mosh at Goblin Cock? Yeah, right. People... In my hometown, people fucking moshed at the Front Bottoms shows. <laughs> like, would you, come would on, you dude. Would you give me a review of the concert and be like, while Goblin Cock performed great, the crowd was very flaccid? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, Matt. Scathing. Scathing. Perfect. I think people should start doing reviews of the crowds and not the bands, because I feel like the bands are usually pretty good, and the crowds <laughs> are the ones that keep you from getting, like, super hype, you know? Yes, I agree. I think, honestly, I think everything should have this metric applied to it. Movies, music, yeah, plays... The, Fucking... the three kinds of media that exist. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking Robert Johnson was listening to the new Doja Cat album. He wasn't having fun. What a loser. <laughs> Doja Cat album, five out of five stars. Great album. <laughs> Doja Cat, if you want to come on the podcast, you know, we'd love to have you. Doja Cat, please get at us. Yeah, I know you're more on like your sci-fi kick, but like you should totally sweet swerve into like romantic gothic horror. I think this would be like a very good thing for you. I think she, yes, I think she'd love. I think she'd love this genre. I agree. I this could be, you know, if I know Doja Cat, like I think I know Doja Cat, which is not at all. I, we <laughs> I think this would be her favorite movie on first watch. Absolutely. You know who? Um, would probably love to be on the pod would be um 
Megan the Stallion. She's a real Megan. she's a real horror freak. Oh, is she? I know she's a weeb, but I didn't know she was into horror. But I saw that she yeah. she was Pinhead from uh, Hellraiser a few months. Yeah, ago. that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. She loves horror movies. She yes. like. I, she like does a crazy Halloween costume like that like every year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's um, true. Megan, there's an open invitation yeah. for you. Um, I love the Fever. I thought that was one of the best albums released that year. <laughs> Please get back at us. Please get back to us. We're begging. Yes, we uh, we support hot girl shit on this podcast. You know, absolutely. We're always on our hot girl shit. Always. Um. What do you think Peter would think of this new generation of female rappers? Uh, he probably wouldn't think well of it. Uh, he seems like a loser. He seems he gives me like Ben Shapiro energy. Mm, yeah. Uh, he would, I think, respond to wet ass pussy mm -hmm. in a similar manner that Ben Shapiro did. I feel by like totally outing himself as being bad at sex. Right, Peter. I think fucks more than Ben Shapiro, though. <laughs> I mean, yes, you know what? And he's That's true. He's a lot more vulgar, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I don't think Peter would yeah. ask Pete word it. I think he would just say pussy. That's I don't know. He's fair. kind of a freak. I think he'd like big old freak. I think he'd identify with yeah. it without telling anyone. <laughs> I feel like our, yeah. our views on Peter are a little different because I feel like you've accepted the the dweeb that he is and i'm like very mm -hmm. obsessed with the idea of like the cool person that he was he used to be and it was beaten out of him by society that's true i think i think these last two watches have been disrespectful to me so now i'm just <laughs> lashing out at peter damn you're taking it all out on def peter defense mechanism which i think is fair because he's a piece of shit um but <laughs> I think that might be the case. I think I'm um, switching to my to my berserk s discourse where I say that Peter did nothing wrong, just like Griffith. <laughs> I think he's misunderstood. He's misunderstood. <laughs> I think this line of thinking will will uh, be be looked on poorly by you in the future watches. Oh yeah, definitely. I think perhaps. I mean, um, yeah, I'll just be like you know, yeah. I was in a dark time. I was on mescaline a lot. Episode. <laughs> you know, like fucking seven to fourteen. Like that was a dark time. That was like that wasn't a good time. <laughs> um You know, speaking of uh Peter uh, looking down on Peter, have you noticed that like that like big boy who sits next to him in the like the the boardroom giggle fest? Yeah. Who calls him a tell? I think that yeah, I think that guy hates Peter Lowe. Did you get do you get that vibe from that guy? Uh a little bit. I think Peter gets away with like more stuff in the office than he does, maybe because he's a bigger nep Peter is a bigger nepotism baby than he is, so he has a more mm -hmm. secure spot on the but, Council of Douches, you know? Yeah. Well that's why I think he hates his ass. Yeah. I think the that that guy who like sits next to him i think fucking secretly hates his ass but he knows that right. he can't be mean to peter yeah so he has to be peter, aggressive yeah like peter like was given a higher power of authority mm -hmm. 
than him much earlier on because he was like a nepotism baby. Yeah. So he's always like secretly, he's like always jokingly saying these things that he does want to come true. Right. Like I think he genuinely wanted the boss to take like out of his like give check. Alva yeah. a raise. Yeah. 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 Well, I think you know I, I I'll be honest, I haven't paid him much mind up until this point, but I will keep an eye out next watch. But, you know, it's I'm hard. thinking I'm thinking maybe maybe he wishes he can get away with those kind of things, but he knows he can't cuz he doesn't mm. have as in a secure place as Peter does. Yeah. It's I, don't know, I mean, it's hard not Oh yeah, they're all they're all just as yeah, because they're all like laughing about Peter's nonsense. Um, yeah. it's it's hard not to notice these mm. things when right. the everything is twice as slow as it <laughs> normally is. Right. I, I was like, like he he took twice as long to say take it out of Attila's paycheck, and yeah. I was like, dude, there's contempt there. Mm-hmm. You you don't like this guy. That's true. And there is a quite a big difference between saying take it out of Attila's paycheck and take it out of Attila's paycheck, you know, slow down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and you're being generous because it is like twice as long <laughs> as that. It is Could you could you do an impression? Un- yeah, um he's like I think she should get a raise. You can take it out of a Tilla's paycheck. <laughs> That's awesome. It's uh, That's like a scene I, I, in a David Lynch movie that in slow. a dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Red Room in Twin Peaks. This watch did have effects on my dreams. Everything was that slow when I went to bed last night. Yeah. I was watching, I didn't finish it, but I was watching some of Blue Velvet and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's some side-by-side comparisons. Oh, shit. It might be a little bit more I, fucked up than Vampire's Kiss, I'll be honest. I I haven't watched that one. I need to watch more Lynch. I think I'm, I think the only Lynch movie I've really watched has been um, Eraserhead. Yeah, I think Eraserhead's the best of... place to start. Yes, I agree. Because Eraserhead is Rocks. fucking good. It's amazing. It's it's gross and weird and it is. very anxious what the fuck is that baby made out of like they never said you know <laughs> have you ever seen any of the the dvd extras on Eraserhead? um no they Do they show they off have, the baby no they they have like a lot of little extra things and it's on criterion too if you have that mm-hmm. There's a part where they're just showing around. I think they shot in Philly, and there's just, like, a lot of, like, grungy-looking stuff in warehouses, and, like, everything's, like, Mm -hmm. foggy from pollution or whatever. And there's this one part where David Lynch is showing them around. He's like, yeah, there was this dead cat on the side of the road, and it was decomposing over the weeks that we were shooting it, and they just show it. And I was just like, (laughs) I don't know what this has to do with the movie, but I'm sure this has a lot to do with the movie. (laughs) Yeah. It definitely influenced him profoundly, for yeah. sure. It's all about the viscera, you know. He's all about the viscera of that guy. He is all about that viscera. I mean, I will, I will say, the only other David Lynch movie I've seen has been half of Mulholland Drive. Yeah, I need to finish that movie. I don't know I how much fair. viscera is in that movie. I like, 
I think that's definitely a movie you gotta see a few times to really get. Mm-hmm. I like after I watched it, I really enjoyed it, but I was very perplexed. And then I read someone's letterbox yeah. review of their interpretation, and I was like, that makes a lot of sense, and it will probably influence my next watch of it whenever. Hmm. I I only got as far as like the weird dream cafe scene. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you see the the the, 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 the scary lady? The scary lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, that scene, that that's really my only takeaway from that movie. My the like, first, it took me like two watches to watch Mulholland Drive because mm-hmm. I feel like David Lynch is like horror better than most people because of how psychological everything yes. is. Like how weird the Twin it is. Peaks movie Fire Walk with me is harrowing and just like an extreme mm-hmm. experience but very good and so i feel like whenever i watch one of his movies i'm not sure if like the scariest thing ever is gonna happen at any time and like it could be so yeah. tense and it feels like that could happen at any time so when i first put on and drive and i was like really high and after like the dance thing at the beginning there was like this creepy like kind of ominous like single tone thing kind of like in a razor yeah. head and i immediately shut down the movie because i was like i can't do this dude i would not be able to watch mulholland drive high because here's the thing i would know that that cafe scene is coming yeah and thinking of that scene freaks me out because it's so scary it is scary it's i think like i i think it's the scariest part in the film like that part right there is like yeah the only thing part of it and the rest of it like i think is like a pretty although like it seems mm-hmm. like it's like hinting at something scary happening like nothing really does happen and it's mostly mm-hmm. just like an interesting relationship but yeah dude yeah next time i watch it i'll totally be very unsober maybe i'll be on mescaline you know Who knows? <laughs> be on mescaline and then have nightmares for the rest of your life i think peter Lowe would like eraserhead i think he'd like it a lot honestly yes I think it has it deals with a lot of daddy issues that I feel like he probably has. It's true, and he's probably like, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't know what to do with a kid either. I'd be terrified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and he would like it because it's black and white too. That's true. It's old school. He's he's definitely that kind of film bro who is like only about black and white movies yeah black and white movies do slap though they do slap um, i feel like because because they're black and white like it's really you really have to get the lighting a lot better because that's kind of all you have like visually well, that's at, at the a thing point. yeah that's the thing some film bros don't understand that you need to plan for black and white yeah um and so they don't and they end up making movies that look bad and yeah. boring I think like then, all those like film noir movies look super great and they're all like very dramatically lit and like the way that they use yeah. fog and because it's in black and white it's like a bit more believable that there's just fog everywhere. Well yeah, cuz they they realize that they they don't have as many they don't have any colors to work with, so it's like, well what do we do, what do we have to work with? We got light. And that's yeah. perfect. And and a fog machine. You know. Yeah. And, like the fog machine helps the light and it's like fuck yeah, let's do it. And it looks great. Do you think like I, a black and white cut of this film with maybe some fog added would be good? We should do a black yes. and white watch. <laughs> See if that enhances anything. 
Yeah, sure, man. I'll uh, I'll get on that. I'll uh, I'll just randomly drop it to you one one week. Oh yeah, I'll like add like a filter so it sounds like kind of like old school like audio. <laughs> and it it has like the score of like an old like part of it's like harkens back to like old school RKO like horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's very orchestral the score. <laughs> I like I like half wanna like add like intertitles to like stuff and make it into a silent film. And Dude, just like only if you pick, wanna... like the important parts. If you wanna do that, go right ahead. That's a lot of work. It is a lot um, of work. And I also, probably won't be able I to think... have it by the next watch, but I think down the road could be fun you'd have to edit stuff out too because if you add inner titles you're gonna inflate the duration of the film and you mm -hmm. might get it up to two hours oh yeah i mean i don't think we need to know everything and like a part of silent That's movies true. is that you can like gain context from like mm -hmm. what they're talking about that's true it'll, that's it'll true. be it'll be the mad cut you know it might be the superior version of the film who knows i i love that i i'm you know what? I'm gonna start a Twitter campaign to to bring bring out the Matt cut, yeah, the Brennan cut. You don't have you to will. do that. I'll just do it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, do it ask. anyway because it's fun. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, all right. So in conclusion, you know, not great on half speed, pretty great on double speed. Is is what I'm weaning on. Yes. Maybe sleeper hit even better on quarter speed. Yeah, that remains to be Wait, seen. If I think if I add it to like one and a half, and I add the uh -huh. intertitles, it'll kind of balance out like the runtime. Ah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, All right, it's happening. It's happening. Okay. Uh, if you need, I can swing you a, a version of the of the movie. You should. Is it like the the proper aspect ratio? I know you weren't getting feet for a while. That is an important part of the first early. Oh no! I, it will be, and it will also be very fuzzy because of. I think it was like ripped from TV. At yeah. FBI, this is a skit. Don't come after me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was ripped from TV. Um. So it's like a TV aspect ratio, and it's kind of fuzzy. And by we th we think it's ripped from TV, it just seems like it. We did purchase it legally, but there just seems to be a problem. And, you know, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's more a... the fault of, yeah. And we did it from, like, Nick an ethical, Cage. like, normal mainstream streaming service. So, you know, I think, like, yeah. they're probably the ones who broke the law, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Nick Cage handed me this in an alley, and I just trusted him. <laughs> awesome. He was on Mesco. Yeah, he had a wild look in his eyes. Yeah. Kept talking about high school, you know, like how they were the days. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm like, I cannot relate, Nick Cage, but okay. Um Yeah. Uh do we have any closing thoughts? Um we didn't do any of the usual nonsense, but I feel yeah. like we didn't really need to. I mean we covered like uh, our your mm -hmm. least favorite scene and I I mentioned some of my favorite scenes. Uh I don't know, let me let me think was it, like Yeah. Because there I was were gonna definitely ask, scenes that were enhanced. Yeah. What what was your what was your big standout of the the hyperspeed watch? The hyperspeed watch. Let me let me scrub through it really quick. 
quick and see what really tickled my fancy. Yeah, yeah. It was there was a lot of tickling going on. It's a very it's a very ticklish movie when Absolutely. it's uh when it, it's very um frantic, I think. When it's yes, at it hyperspeed. It's, like, it's not a boring watch whatsoever. Not at all. Also, just scrubbing through it right now, I really like Emilio's lamp on the side of his bed. It looks like a little uh, fisherman with like a pirate yeah. wheel. Or like a pirate wheel. I guess, a ship wheel. I guess, a steering wheel. Yes, yeah. I got so long to to look at that last night. And I was like, 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 yeah, like Alva was in there and she was crying. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know. I've seen this before. But whoa, Emilio, that lamp. Yeah. Where did you get they that? They have nice furniture. Yeah, they have such a nice little kitschy house. I like it. Yeah. It I wish we got to see like more of the. Apartment. Yeah, yeah. I like. I wish we got to see more of Alva's house. Yeah. Well, I think it might still be the alphabet scene. All the scenes in the offices and in the office were pretty great. Yeah. I will say, um, um, regular speed, am I getting through to you, Alva, is better than double speed, am I getting through to you, Alva? Yeah, and I will I will chime in and say, slow down, it's not good either. <laughs> I, think, I think the only time it might be a little better is when it's so slowed down, it sounds like electronic music. Yeah, right. Um, it just because, becomes like a throbbing gristle song. Yeah, literally, like, I... At quarter speed, like, like at half speed, all the music in this movie sounds very like annoying because it's just mm-hmm. like you know how it's supposed to sound, but it's taking longer to sound yeah. that way. Right. But at quarter speed, it like changes into different music. Yeah. It changes into scarier music mm-hmm. that's more electronic and industrial sounding because it yeah. has like this weird like metallic echo right. to it as well as being like choppy and like long i think like repurposing art like you need to push it like pretty far because otherwise like it's just kind mm-hmm. of like copying only slightly worse but when you push it like so far that it becomes like distorted and stuff it becomes this whole new thing and i'm very yeah for the six hour watch me too which also made me think like we're definitely going to do morb swap too at some mm-hmm. point yeah. And it's going to just be us watching the different versions of the movie. But I did have an idea What's for that? an elevated Morb mashup. Yeah, I was thinking so too. And the the key is distortion. Mm. So I I I'm going to be working on that. That's going to be a later a later collab. Yeah. But I was thinking of and we could do this with Morbius, but I was also thinking with American Psycho that we could mm-hmm. sync them up. And, like, I don't, I'd, I haven't thought of, like, what would trigger the switch yet. But, like, certain things that would happen in both movies that happen multiple times, I think, should cause you to switch back and forth between the movies. And maybe that can create, mm. like, a new narrative. I'd also yeah. just be willing to edit them together to just, like, make it seem like they're, like, concurrent oh, narratives yeah. of these two people's journeys you know Hmm. yeah really really It'll... rope patrick bateman into the whole yeah vampire scheme yeah patrick when willem dafoe is uh interrogating bateman i think 
it'll just be Peter Lowell instead talking to him back and forth. I'll just yeah, you 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 uh or you you put Peter Lowe in that in that scene with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. But it's Peter Lowe from one of his therapist scenes where he's talking about the bat horniness. Yeah. Right. Definitely. I think there's a lot to work with. Yeah, for and sure. And as we've established very much many times on this podcast, uh-huh. Vampire's Kiss is the prototype to American Psycho. It is. Yes, we've 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 said it once and would say it again. Brett Easton Ellis w- watched this movie and he was inspired. Yes. He was like, yeah, I like Peter. He's really fucked up. I should make him more fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can change him. I can make him worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about reading the book because I hear that the book is like worse oh, than the movie. Groom. Oh, it's so I'm grim. sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like I, the, the satire of it is like extremely apparent in the movie. Though mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of thing like is a little harder to stomach when it's a first person perspective in a book, you know? Yes. I mean, the satire is definitely present in the book. I yeah. didn't finish reading the book because the book's also kind of long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the satire is definitely present, but it's definitely like a lot more sickening because you are you are like in in like very much in Patrick Bateman's shoes right. for that for that experience as you are I, as opposed think, to like the movie. Yeah, I think I read that like the homophobia and like the consumerism are like a lot more prominent in the book. Oh, for I mean all of his all of his uh xenophobia all of his hatred in general yeah. is more present. He likes because I don't know how many slurs Patrick Bateman says in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he says some. Um, he, I don't but, recall him saying, like, I'd say probably, like, three, maybe. I don't remember him saying anything, but he was a piece of shit, so. Yeah, I mean, regardless, um, he says a lot of heinous shit about, like, basically everybody. Um yeah. But it's in those it's in those like scenes where he's like saying the shit to people's faces and they don't seem to be reacting. Right. Yeah. So he's like freaked out by that, where he's just like, "What is this real?" Yeah. And that's and a, he's like he seems desperately to, you know, yeah vampires kiss that I think you can interpret you know like how much of oh it for is sure yeah absolutely um, yuppies are complicated people apparently they got a lot going on up there. Yeah, yuppies are insane. Yes. Would not recommend um, befriending them. They might bite your neck in the club and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Steer clear of yuppies, those things that I'm not sure exist anymore. Are they extinct? Yuppies? Absolutely not. There's like, I uh, feel like this this kind of like corporate man will always exist. True. I guess they we just don't call them yuppies anymore. I still call them yuppies. I see them on the street. I see like a gaggle of mm-hmm. young men in suits going on the town. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck you, yuppies. <laughs> All the time. I love, I love the energy. Yeah, and I throw eggs at them and I run away. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Living above the law. Um, hell yeah. 
Uh, and I think with that incredible um, anarchist Anti-OP. energy. Yeah. Yeah. This is an we'll, anarchist uh, podcast also. Oh, absolutely. Um, I saw... Um, I Mo- Our friend Moby was in my home yesterday and we were listening uh-huh. to like punk stuff and it was like really aggro shit. And yeah. I was like just putting cups on coasters and they referenced like this one hard times article where it's like punk feels a lot less punk after putting coasters on <laughs> while playing fucked up shit or something like that and i was like oh, wow. <laughs> i'm an like anarchist but real. i still use coasters i'm not a um, yeah i'm not, not a wet barbarians. cup on wood uh anarchist you know <laughs> that's not what um, i'm in anarchy for I I don't know what you just did to remind me of this, but um, you know a movie I think you and Moby should watch. Very good movie. Um, you guys should watch The Living End. The I don't Living know if you've End. seen it already. No, I've very good. I won't very punk. Up. Very punk. Very gay. Oh, awesome! That's all I'll say about it. What year is it from? Very good. Um, I think it's from the eighties. Yeah, it's from the eighties. I think it's definitely during the AIDS crisis. Um, uh, let I me see to, here. It is from oh, never mind. It's from ninety two. Oh, ninety two. Okay, I need to look more yeah. into vampire movies during the AIDS crisis because that's definitely something that affected like because you know vampires generally like are a metaphor for social mm-hmm. things that are going on around the time. Yeah. But we'll get more into that later on our more academic. Oh. We should do like a very academic, I think. Yes. Very. Extremely theory, academic. Not, not too much, mm-hmm. but, you know, a little bit. I feel like we'll need the aid of a guest because I need to be, I need to be prodded into being academic. Yeah. I could, um, I could give you some resources if I find any, but like, I, yeah. I am thinking, I do think about vampires academically always. Oh yeah, well that that's just that's just always in your head, always going on. I'm a scholar. What can I say? <laughs> and ironically, I do want to teach like a college elective course, like on vampires and uh, the Berserk Golden Age. Heike. Dude, I think those two fuck things. Yes, I think theory like lends itself very well to analyzing both of mm-hmm. those things. Also, I'm starting Dude. a Berserk book club, so. I trying to get some stuff would, out of that. I would be in that class in a heartbeat. Okay. I would I would take out more loans to be in that class. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go to school more and become a professor just to teach elective courses. Yeah. That seems like I a lot of work. To, it does. I think I just need to succeed in my vampire niche like so much that it's like undeniable like oh of course you could teach at Yale about vampires like get over you. Dude. Come on man. You know what you got to do? You got to just do video essays. I guess so, yeah. I think you'd kill it at video essays. I I'll be honest. I see some video essays and I think uh-huh. they're all very well made, but I'm also always like I feel like I could do this shit. Dude, do it then. I think it- I- this is me all endorsing right. you on the podcast. I will I will hype I will gas up every video essay you you make. Okay, I'll like I'll start writing scripts and see where it goes. I'm not rushing into anything, but 
No, yeah. I mean, listen, I had a video essay idea like months ago that I totally abandoned. So I get it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. I think like because I most of the video essays I like like have a set set up or whatever and like some nice lighting mm-hmm. and I think that's like very complimentary to it. And so like not have to do that i think you have to really be saying stuff of substance and i think there are people like that like ft signifier does not do sets really he's just like against his big green wall in his house and that's mm-hmm. very good but i think i think i made me a little smoke and mirrors dude you're an artist just uh just draw one of those like uh rant sonas but have it be um you know teaching people That's things true. of value instead of ranting about how child slavery is good. <laughs> yeah. I'll like talk about like less heavy stuff than that. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know, know with I berserk kinda... that's going to be heavy. Oh yeah. It's going to be super heavy. I mean, mm-hmm. I've like already decided that I'm going to make like a trigger list for berserk and I might make mm-hmm. like some censored PDFs just like of the really like extreme stuff. Because I feel like yeah. that should be an available thing for that. I think it's a story that survivors should experience, but because of how graphic it is, it'll be hard for a lot of them. And I think that option should yeah. be available. And, you know, if you want to, like, later on see how it actually is, like, it's it's always going to be there. It's never going to go out of print. Dude, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I know a survivor who, like who like read through berserk and it's like yeah. one of their favorite pieces of media right because i think it's very empathetic and it's a, it's a very moving story i think it's a story about survivors too like Absolutely, and like their yeah. path towards healing yeah but do you know who is not a survivor peter well actually we don't peter know Lowe. peter Lowe is. i don't you know i don't want to oh wait a minute yeah, we he might have, you know, who knows? We we don't <sighs> know people's stories. Like that could that could have been like an intense thing. I don't want to engage with that though. Oh, fair. That's a little too I, dark. I was. That's true. That's true. You know what? I was thinking about the. I thought you were about to imply that he didn't survive being staked in the heart, or oh, he had survived that. Yeah. Because that's where my mind was going. I was like, oh yeah, he's not a survivor because he didn't live through being staked in the heart and i thought you were about to say he lived through that and i was like holy shit wait well he is a vampire attack survivor but he's not a stake through the heart survivor yes this is true this is true um you could be a survivor of yeah things, yes it's that, that is the true heart is not one of those things no absolutely even if, if he was a vampire he certainly wouldn't have survived that anyway yeah no matter how um, blunt that stake was it was not a very sharp plank whatsoever no it wasn't but even Emilio's a stake a very it was strong just like boy. he's a very strong boy you know he works at the at the gas station he fixes cars mm-hmm. he's got like nice biceps on them yeah Riley. all right on that note um, I on his on emilio's nice biceps i think we should end this episode yes uh thank you all for listening uh matt you got anything you want to plug um i still got my twitter uh I'll like start like a punk patch jacket depop like down the road that I'll plug, but that's not. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning how to sew, but that'll be plugged down the road. But I'll probably promote that on my Twitter, which is at I don't remember. Uppercase X, lowercase X, S three X underscore. No, I messed it up. It's like XX sexy devil underscore with an underscore in between sexy and devil. And the E's in devil and sexy are threes. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, we've we've posted this in the past and we'll post it again. Yes. It's, um, I've I've been tagged. You can find me if you're on the Twitter, yeah. which you should be. Yeah. Um Dear listeners. I'll plug I'll plug our podcast Twitter. It's at GamrealPod. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Gamriel go, will be go back follow eventually. that. Gamriel will be back in the future. I've been thinking about it. There's lots of games that exist That's that true. could use I've good like movies. Paid, played very little games since our last podcast episode of that, I think. Yeah, same. Uh, I've play played more. basically only Elden Ring. Um, that's that's a good thing to only play, I think. Probably has a lot, yes. of, a lot of content. And a Berserk connection. It's a, a direct Berserk connection, in fact. I like when I found out that you could have the dragon guts as dragon slayer. I was like, oh, maybe I should play this game if I could just role play as guts. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the the director of the game absolutely is very reverent of Berserk. Yes. Uh, in all of his games. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. Anything else I should plug? Uh, go read Dungeon Meshi. I've been reading that. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, oh yeah, we should yeah. do like recommendations and stuff in general. Like we yeah on the pod. What do I? Got? You got a recommendation? Uh, let me see. We can do the a quick one because this episode is approaching an hour. Oh yeah, rapidly. Um, I think I I will recommend the clipping album. There existed an addiction to blood. It's like a kind of horrorcore industrial hip-hop album and they sample a lot of horror movies in that so fuck yeah dude <laughs> listen to that it's really bumping you know dude your recommends are so good hell yeah um thanks for listening everybody i've been cassidy i've been Matt. uh see you next time Dream of me, my angel. Dream of me.